Suspend your disbelief. Let yourself be led down a path into the world of the paranormal, where ghosts, shadow people, cryptids, aliens, and all things supernatural dominate. Immerse yourself in a dimension of ominous trepidation with your hosts, Dan, Danny, and Rachel. Welcome to the Phantom Faction Podcast. Okay, welcome to this edition of Phantom Faction Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm Dan. And I'm Rachel. And we are brought to you by Rampage Coffee. We've had a pretty exciting week. Yeah. You know, uh, it was uh, last week, just before the program, uh, we went over to a conservation area and we uh, did a little mini-investigation. And uh, a lot came out of there. I was so surprised. Mm -hmm. I was always drawn to that area, but I never knew why. And we had brought the recorder and I brought the uh, ghost box and we were getting all sorts of hits. It sounded like there was like a party going on there, <laughs> even though there's no water in that conservation area well, anymore. But they filled it up because too many people drowned, right? Yeah, yeah, there was enough drownings there that uh, they just filled it in and said, that's it. So, that's it. and it's been sitting that way probably since 1970, I would say. Oh, wow. So, lots of spirits though. Lots of spirits, Absolutely. so uh, we'll have to do an investigation. Yeah, I'm talking to Tony, and he says that we'll uh, we'll head on over there sometime and do a full investigation. Mm -hmm. We'll tell you more about our findings uh, maybe on a, another show. Mm -hmm. But we have a very special guest with us that has been seen on television before. <laughs> <laughs> we have Rochelle Stratton from Ghost Hunters. Yeah. Hi, Rochelle. Hi, guys. <laughs> um, for having me. You are in Chicago, Illinois, is that right? No, I'm actually in Alton, Illinois, so Southern Illinois. I'm about five hours from Chicago. So you've been involved with the uh, the, the television show, the very successful uh, Ghost Hunters, and are you still involved with that? Yes. Yeah. Um, I've been fortunate enough that I've gotten to go on these amazing investigations, that they gave me this opportunity to be on there, and... Uh, yeah, so it's mm -hmm. been, it's really fun. You were brought on to the, this program. Uh, you were a ghost hunter before joining this program. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Um, I started investigating in my 20s. Um, I eventually joined Riverbend Paranormal, where I met Brian. Um, and I... We've investigated for a while. He's my best friend. And uh, then somehow the production company reached out to Brian and told him they were interested in him for a paranormal show. And he didn't really believe him and, at first because, you know, that's kind of a crazy thing for someone to just reach out to you about. Uh, and he told him about himself and about our team and they were like is there anybody that you work with a lot and he's like well I work with Rochelle a lot she's my best friend um so they looked at the whole team they ended up calling me I thought it was a joke uh <laughs> I I thought he was trying to play a prank on me to be honest I was like okay mm -hmm. sure you want me for a tv show all right <laughs> and um it ended up not being one and quite honestly I don't know how I got on it I was unapologetically myself. I there are multiple things when I think back. I'm like, you didn't necessarily that wasn't your best foot forward. Like you were yourself, 
But, you know, when you're trying to get a job, you try to put up, like, you know, mm-hmm. show your the best side of you. Right. And at the casting process is a whole, like, it's a process. There's a bunch of different things. And they flew us out to California to have us investigate on camera just to see how we did in front of cameras. Um, and that was after they had seen videos of us investigating at home and things like that. Um, and while we were there, Brian, so Brian and I have like a brother sister relationship where we bicker <laughs> right? and we like to give each other sh- crap. <laughs> <laughs> I make us, if I do, I apologize. No, it's Um, so we were investigating and we were just doing what we do. We kind of forgot. We didn't kind of. We forgot a camera was on us. And I asked a question, but I worded it so stupid. It wasn't even funny. And he called me out on it. (laughs) So I told him, I said, you know, you don't have to be such an ass and try to make me look stupid. You know what I mean? And so we were bickering back and forth. And he was like, that was a stupid, that was a stupid question. I said, you know, that's not what I meant. I worded it wrong, blah, 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 blah. And our cameraman started laughing. And that's when it registered to us that it was being filmed. Like, it reminded us, like, oh, crap. Like, people are going to see this. And <laughs> we're bickering <laughs> over something stupid yeah <laughs> they laughed and then um there was another instance where we were watching the the cameras and we radioed to mustafa and brian that we had seen or not mustafa mustafa and brandon radioed to them telling them that we had seen something in a certain room well mustafa goes and his whole entire butt blocks out the screen <laughs> <laughs> So Brian and I don't say anything, but our eyes get real big and we look at each other and we start giggling like children. Yet again, they were filming us and we forgot they were standing there. (laughs) So it was like, here we are, we're bickering. And then we're laughing at this man, which we told Mustafa this and he thought it was hilarious. He was laughing. He's like, that's so great. And he's like, and it's you two, like you... If anybody's butt blocked out a whole entire camera, like mm-hmm. screen, yeah. <laughs> we would have anyone, but like it had to be him. And yeah, so when we left, we were like, we aren't getting a call. Okay. Mm-hmm. They don't want us. They thought they were interested. They got us. They realized probably not their cup of tea. So we kind of wrote it off because we were like, okay, well, that was a fun adventure for us to go on. And like once in a lifetime, but we never, we didn't expect to get on TV from it. And we quite honestly, we weren't really trying to get on TV. Um, the whole reason we got into investigation was to help people. Like my goal was never to be on a TV show. Mm-hmm. And they ended up calling us and saying that, you know, congratulations. Cause we were chosen Wow. and we were ghost hunters. And it was like, Okay, cool. We didn't know it was for ghost hunters. We thought it was just a, a paranormal show. Mm-hmm. And then when they told, like, finally told us it's for ghost hunters, it's a little shocking and a little unnerving because you're like, okay, here I am. 
going to have to live up to this name and these people right. that, have, that have such a great reputation and have been around for so long. And now I'm going to have to go in and that's really big shoes to fill. And so it was a little intimidating, but at the same time I was like, Brian and I were talking and it's like, listen, we're going to just continue to be us because at the end of the day, you can't try to be anybody else. It's not going to work out. And people either like us or they won't like us. Hopefully they like us, mm-hmm. but then they just be us and then we won't have to worry about it. So that's what we really try to do. And I mean, mm-hmm. it seems like some people like us, some people don't like us. I don't know. <laughs> like, I personally, I think that's the success of the show is you're actually showing a real people, real personalities. So I think that's, that's an added plus. And different personalities too, right? Like yeah. Some some of the other shows, some of the other shows, they have that yeah. alpha male, you know, that just says, "Okay, go do this, go do this, go do that." But you you guys seem to have like a family atmosphere going, and you know, and you've got that. Uh, you're you seem very comfortable with each other, and there's no there's no hesitation, there's no mm-hmm. um, awkwardness like some some of the other shows as well, right? Yeah. And I think that's the success of it. Why it's still still on the air. Mm-hmm. So. We lucked out because we all get along really well. I know everyone, I know that people think you have to say that, but we really do. Like, it's a family on the road. Um, I have my family at home, and then I have my family on the road, and I care and love every single one of those guys. You practically live with each other, you know? Mm -hmm. You spend weeks at a time with each other for almost 24 hours at a time, and we eat together. We go on outings together when we're off we work together and it's great because we all have input into the investigation we all come up with things that we want to try and at the end of the day we're just trying to investigate the best that we can to get information for the client so that they feel more comfortable and we can help them out but also help the entities and whoever's at the location Mm -hmm. as well um, but yeah, lucked out because mm-hmm. I've, I've heard horror stories about, <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. I mean, I've never been in anything like this, like in the TV world at all. Um, but our, our crew's phenomenal and they've been around the block. They've mm-hmm. worked on several different shows and they've said before, like, you don't always luck out with people getting along. Right. Like there's always sometimes the one people that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they just don't. They just don't jive sometimes, right? Yeah. 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 We have to think about it. Like Brian and I left out because we've known each other for so long and we're friends. So we kind of had like a little bit of an upper hand going into it because we have each other. I don't know how people do it that don't have like their best friend to lean on if like they're upset or they miss home. And it's a stressful situation to be out on the road because you are away from home and everything, you know, and you're investigating, but also like you have this whole other aspect coming in that you're not used to. There's a camera there. Mm -hmm. So if you have a bad day, it's going to be captured. And like, it's great that we have someone to lean on and all of us became so close that it was like any one of us could lean on the other one and we all support each other 
-hmm. because we're in it together to get through it. Like if you're having a bad day and you miss your family, I'm here for you. So Rochelle, uh, let's back up and go back to your, your former paranormal team. Uh, what, what was the name of it again? Uh, Riverbend Paranormal. River. I, yeah. I'm still part of it. Okay. Now, where did your interest in the paranormal start? Like, did, did you grow up in a haunted home and have some personal experiences and then moved on from there? Or was it just something you were interested in and, and sought out uh, other people to investigate with? Um, so I had my first paranormal experience when I was eight years old. I woke up in the middle of the night to someone standing at the foot of my bed. I told my mom about it and she didn't really believe me. The following night, the same person was standing at the foot of my sister's bed. And then my mom was like, okay, maybe something's going on. Uh, but when you're eight, you really can't do too much. Um, eventually, I've always been into supernatural things and paranormal things um, growing up. It's always been an interest to me. And when you're younger, people think you're weird. <laughs> for like type of stuff. Right. Um, as you get older, you find people who are interested in it as well. Um, and that's kind of how it happened for me. Me and my sister started investigating together and going to different ghost hunts and ghost hunting events. And then she eventually joined Riverbend Paranormal. And maybe a couple months later, I joined as well. Um, and we've been a part of it ever since. So. Did you ever find out who the, who the entity was uh, at the foot of your bed? Or did it ever come back? Nope, I seen it the one time and then I never seen him again. Really? Hmm. Yeah. So. That's different. Uh, I know. And I wish I knew more about that house. I wish that I knew the address of the house. I know it's on John Street. <laughs> <laughs> it's on John Street in Bunker Hill. Okay. Illinois. But I don't know. And I drove down that street trying to figure out. But all the houses have changed so much that I can't even figure right. out which house I lived in. Oh. Isn't that some, isn't that horrible? Am <laughs> <laughs> I that I can't figure out what house I used to live in? <laughs> but they all look so different from when I grew up there. Right. What are uh, maybe some some stories that you might have uh, from uh, investigations that uh, you remember the most, uh, the, the, the scary ones? Our listeners seem to like those. Um, so I had, and then me and my sister investigated the YWCA in Alton. They were giving a tour and telling kind of the history and we were, you know, before they let us go on our own. Um, and we walked up to around where the dance area, the dance class area is. Um, and I walked in, there was a woman leaned up against the door frame to like this closet area. And she looked real unamused. She had her arms crossed. Um, she had brown hair and was pulled back in like a ponytail or something and like a white shirt. And she was real skinny looking. And I said, oh, excuse me, because I walked in front of her and I was apologizing. And she just like glared at me and like her head, like her eyes followed me. Like she turned her head and wa watched me walk over into the corner and we made eye contact. Well, my sister came up and I said, Jen, don't be rude. Don't stand in front of people. So I went to pull her shirt to like pull her towards me. And when I did that, the lady disappeared in front of my eyes. Well, and I like 
kind of took a step back and my sister was like, what's wrong? You look like you've seen a ghost. And I was like, I think I just did. <laughs> uh, I couldn't find, like, there was no way to get out of that little closet area. There weren't, wasn't a way to exit. I didn't see her in the group. I didn't see her the rest of the night. And I had asked about it. And one of the claims is that I see an old dance teacher up there who wow. likes to run the halls. Hmm. So may have seen her. I don't know. It was the that one creeps me out the most because we locked eyes. Yeah. And I thought that it was a real person. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of energy. That's a lot of energy for her to store to become a full apparition like that too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I seen her from here. I, I didn't pay attention. It was dark, so I didn't pay attention if I could see her lower half. But like, from probably waist up. Mm -hmm. I guess I saw her, but um. Yeah, that was an interesting time. I've seen it other times, but I could tell that they weren't living, if that makes sense. Sure. That one, mm -hmm. she, she looked living, she looked unamused. But <laughs> she did not care that I said, excuse me. She, it was almost like she didn't, she was like, oh gosh, not again. And it was probably because a bunch of ghost hunters were in her space. <laughs> right. going to ask her questions all night long. Um then we investigated uh, Malvern Manor, Brian and I did. This one was a, a weird situation. I don't even really know what to think about it, to be honest with you. Um, we were investigating upstairs, and I was feeling super uncomfortable, which sometimes I, I get uncomfortable, but it's usually because I'm picking up on something else. Um, but it doesn't ever, like... It doesn't change the way I investigate necessarily. You know, like I'm not like, oh, I'm not going in there because I'm uncomfortable or I don't want to be by myself because I'm uncomfortable. I walk around in the dark all the time. Half the time I don't even turn on my flashlight. So we were up there and I didn't want Brian to leave me in a room by myself. Like he started walking out. I said, where are you going? He says, I'm walking down this way. I said, okay, I'm coming with you. Like, don't leave me in here. And he was like, okay. He's like, that's weird. That's out of character for you. And I was like, I don't know. I just feel very uncomfortable. Which right before that, I was in there. There's this, the claim is there's a grumpy man up there who doesn't like women. And some of his clothes are left. Well, when the lady was telling us about it, she said, you can put these clothes on if you want, whatever. And she threw his shirt back into the dresser and while we were in there I had asked him if I could fold his shirts I said I, I know that you don't like women and I'm in your space I said but I noticed that it was thrown back into your drawer and I want to fold it nicely for you so you let me know if you don't want me to do that and I won't um also, it was partially for me because I have OCD and it drove me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you just wanted it up and threw it in the door. Oh my God. <laughs> so, I was folding it. And as I, I was, there were a bunch in there. So I was folding all of them. And as I was folding them, I got this horrible smell of like iron. Like, you know how blood smells? Yep. That's what it smelled like. And Brian smelled it too. Hmm. And I was like. Oh my God. Like, and I smelled the shirt and I was like, okay, well this shirt smells like blood. So I'm putting it back because now I've touched it and it could be part of a crime scene. Who knows? <laughs> and so I was a little uncomfortable. We were walking down the hall 
I went into another room and there was a claim of a little girl and there was a bunch of toys and coloring books and uh, connect the dots. And I sat down and I was talking and I was doing a connect the dots, talking to, trying to reach out to this little girl that's in there. And Brian said, I'm, I'm heading down. I said, okay. He says, are you coming? I said, no, I'm fine. And I was still talking to this little girl, asking what her favorite color was. Like, I like to color with these. Um, and he's like, Rochelle, I think you need to come with me. I said, I'm okay. Like, what's up? Type of thing. And I, then I was like, damn it. I said, you made me miss, mess up. And he's like, what are you talking about? I said, I missed 16 because you talked to me. And now my picture's all ruined. <laughs> well, he made me leave took me outside of the building and I asked him what that was about. And he had like fuzz on his shirt and I went to go like take it off of him. Um, because that's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) He jerked away from me and Brian doesn't do that. Cause I, I pick him like monkeys pick each other. Like if he has something, I just pick it off. (laughs) And I said, what? I said, what's your problem? He, He says, I don't want you touching me. I said, why? He says, because I'm not positive it's you. Huh. I said, what are you talking about? He says, you were not you in that, up in that room. I was like, I don't even know what you're, what do you mean? I said, I was at, talking to a little girl asking her questions. He said, you did not sound like you. You sounded like a little kid. You told me I could leave you sitting in a pitch black room by yourself. And you told me you missed 16 and when I flashed the flashlight over there, you had. I said, I was, I said, I wasn't sitting in the dark, Brian, in the room. I thought the lights were on. The room is yellow, but he said it was pitch black. So that's a weird experience for me. Cause I'm like, what was going on? And yeah, the fact that he was so creeped out by me mm-hmm. because he didn't know what was going on with me made me be like okay but also there it was really awesome we had uh, a ball move by itself um some of the rooms in there are slanted um they're not level but the ball moved uphill wow which was cool and we actually captured it on camera which was phenomenal um we had some light anomalies happening in there too that we were sitting in the room where they would, it was like the day room where they would visit or play games and things. And uh, it shot right in front of us by our feet and went the doorway. And they have a wheelchair in there and I sat down, I was sitting in the center of the room and I sat down and I was asking questions because they said that sometimes the wheelchair will move. So I sat in it which now thinking about that, I shouldn't have sat in it because no one's going to be able to push my ass around. Uh, But when I was sitting there, it felt like, you know, when somebody pushes their body up against something to move it. Yeah. That's what happened to the back of it. I could feel, it felt like someone leaned against it and I was like, okay, well maybe you're going to try and move me. So then I unlocked the wheels. So to see if it would happen, we're going to go back there because Malvern Manor is really cool. Mm-hmm. That sounds like it. Hang on one second. We'll be right back with Rochelle Stratton from Ghost Hunters after a word from our sponsor. 
You're listening to Phantom Faction Podcast. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com. Are you tired of stale grocery store coffee? Mm-hmm. Then you need to check out Rampage Coffee. It's roasted fresh to order and delivered to your doorstep anywhere in Canada and the United States. It's delicious, and they have a high-caffeine blend called C4 that will blast you out of your morning slippers. Oh, wow. Get free shipping in Canada on their sampler bundle to try all four of their fantastic blends using the code PHANTOM. Go to rampagecoffee.com today. You're listening to Phantom Faction Podcast with your hosts, Dan, Danny, and Rachel. Do you see something moving on, like, looking at the screen on the right-hand side, this side, like above the sofa? The headboard or whatever that is? Or headboard, I have the sofa. I, yeah, <laughs> like a... But I keep trying to see if I see anything on are the... You, are you picking up on anything? Yeah. <laughs> well, are you going to speak up? Well, no, I've been trying to figure it out. Like, I'm like, is it... <clears throat> what is it? Like, it's not strong by any means. It's not like, oh, I know what it is, right? It's like, what is that? What is that? So I was curious if you saw anything moving. Mm-hmm. Right-hand side. Yeah. Not the, the left, I keep watching to see if I see anything and nothing, but the right, yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you seeing behind me? <laughs> oh, she's, she can hear us. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> no, you're fine. I just, I just did an investigation. Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes sense then, too. And I was going to say, the, it was a two-night investigation. The first night, I told everything that I had to stay there. I wasn't allowed to follow me home. The second night, I was too tired. And I didn't. And okay. when I got home, I was like, if anything followed me, go back, leave me alone. <laughs> like, I'm pooped. Yeah, I feel like you have something, but like like I said, it's not strong. So I know it's not for you, So, but it's it's there. It's over your left shoulder, but behind. Yeah, towards, that side. Towards yeah. The, the headboard or whatever the... The, the couch or whatever that is. It just kind of keeps coming in and out and then watching the other side to see if it goes all the way. Like, nope, it's staying to your one side. Oh, I just saw it again. Yep. That's, yep, you got something with you. <laughs> all right, we'll have to get rid of that link. Yep. <laughs> That's my husband's side of the bed. Oh. So if uh, I brought something home and it's, he's going to be upset, especially with the nail on his side of the bed. He's going to be like, seriously? That's cool. I'm allowed to do this as long as I don't bring anything home with me. Oops. Um, so that's a, a question for you. Uh, you go to, you go all over the U.S. and I guess you do other places as well and that are notoriously haunted. Um, you know, often, you know, we're, we're all paranormal investigators as well. And, you know, often we bring things home with us uh, uh, just because they're curious or just for whatever, you know, their own reasons. How do you deal with that and how do you get rid of uh, attachments that you don't want? So typically before I leave, a, I have protection rings and protection bracelets that I wear um, just to ward off any negative activity or energy. And um, before I leave a place, I always tell them, you aren't allowed to follow me home. You have to stay here. And typically that works. Occasionally when you're super tired after investigating for so many hours, you forget. And sometimes things come back with you. I've had it happen to me a couple times and I just sternly tell them you're not allowed to be at my house. You have to go back to where you came from. 
I will come back and visit you and talk to you, but you are not allowed to be here around my family. I do not want you scaring my children. And I haven't had an issue. They usually stuff quits after that. And I don't experience it. Um, I brought something home one time. It was around the holidays because I was baking pies. The kids were asleep. My husband was at work. Um, I was making pies. And out of the corner of my eye, I seen one of the kids' books turn pages. I was like, okay, I didn't hear the air or anything kick on. But I was feeling, I was to see if it had kicked on and maybe like blew the book pages or whatever. And I thought, oh, well, like it was a fluke. It probably like, you know, when sometimes a book isn't creased enough, it'll turn. Sure. So I was like, okay, whatever. So it happened again. And I was like, okay. So then I put a pillow over part of it so that the pages couldn't flip. And I went back to do what I was doing, and they moved out from underneath the pillow, like, still flipped. Like, it needed some type of force. And that was when I stopped baking the pies and sat in the couch, sitting next to the book, and I was like, is someone here? And I just told them, like, I had also just been investigating somewhere, and I was like, I bet that someone is here. So... Um, that was the time that I told him like, Hey, you need to go back. And it was, it's actually from mineral Springs, um, which is where we just got done investigating. So I'm wondering if that was, if maybe this person just likes to follow me places. <laughs> I do. Have, I feel like I have a connection with a certain person there. Um, for whatever reason. And I haven't been back to Mineral Springs in about a year since we've been filming and traveling because when I'm home, I try not to investigate since I've been gone so much. I try to spend it with my family since I'm only home for like a week or two before I'm back out on the road. And so it's funny that you're saying you're you're seeing something because it's like, well, that could be a possibility. (laughs) So that happened. And then another time, this one freaked me out. Really? Uh, um, it was from Malvern Manor. So I came back and um, my oldest son was gone. My youngest son was home. My husband was at work, I believe. And I was sitting on my couch and my youngest son was in the playroom and I seen what looked like a fog. I have a bunch of windows in my house. So my house, you don't need any lights on. It's bright. It was during the day. I seen something that looked like a fog in the playroom, which I was like, it could be dust or something. Uh, it was a little strange. So I kind of just kept watching and I seen it again. And it was that, right? really one of those things that I, I hear a lot of claims that you see fog or like a mist like apparition, but I had never seen one myself. Like, anytime I had seen an apparition, it had more detail, or it was a shadow figure. It wasn't like a cloud. And I was like, okay. Um, so I was getting ready to head over to pick up. I was going over to my sister's, I think. And I went to go upstairs, and my youngest son said, Mom, where are you going? Where are you going? I said, I'm going upstairs real quick to get changed. Now, he is independent. I told you he's a little squirrely. 
he does not, he's not at my butt. He does not care what I'm doing. He doesn't want to be bothered by <laughs> watching the show. And he doesn't, he doesn't have to be next to me. He doesn't even have to have eyes on me. He's fine. He's independent and a pain in the butt, quite honestly. I love him to death, but <laughs> well, well, like keep it, but like tone it down a little bit right now and listen to your mother. Anyway, so I thought it was kind of weird because he was like, where are you going? I said, I'm going upstairs to change. She says, don't leave me. I said, okay. I said, you can come up there with me. So he came up the stairs with me. And then I was like, okay, we got to go get the kennel ready for the dog. So I started heading downstairs and he says, don't leave me. Don't leave me. I was like, okay, buddy. And he ended up going downstairs with me so I could clean out the kennel. And while he was down there, he was just talking to me and I was, said, I got to go get more paper towels and I'll be right back. I said, are you going to come with me? He says, no, I'm fine. I said, okay. So I went upstairs and I started coming back down and I heard him talking. And I came all the way down. I said, who are you talking to, bud? And he said, or I, I asked him, I said, what did you say? He says, nothing. I said, okay. So I started cleaning like the kennel out. And he's like, do you, he's like, do you know this fishing pole can talk? I said, it can. I said, that's pretty cool. What's it saying? Because at this point, I'm kind of thinking, like, you're acting a little different. And now you're telling me some, I heard you talking. It sounded like you were talking to somebody. And now you're telling me that the fishing pole can talk. So, like, I want to know what the fishing pole is saying. And he's like, oh, nothing. I said, Okay. So I got done and I was like, okay, let's head up the stairs. And he says, okay. And he runs as fast as he can up the stairs, like past me, which we race up the stairs sometimes. So I was like, okay. And he slammed the basement door shut on me. And when he did it, he said, don't let her out. Don't let her out. Hmm. So at that point, I'm like, don't let me out or don't let whoever you're talking to down here out. I was a little concerned, so I went to go open the door because I could hear, luckily our basement door doesn't have a lock on it, but I could tell he was trying, it sounded like he was messing with the handle trying to lock it. And I went to open the door and my son weighs like 30 pounds. He's tiny. He doesn't, he's got no meat on him. You can throw him around. <laughs> and when I went to go open the door, I couldn't push it open. Someone was leaning against it. And he just kept saying, don't let her out, don't let her out. So I'm starting to get a little panicky, not because I'm panicking because I'm like, I feel like someone's up there with him and doesn't want me around, which I do have a problem with. You know, like if you're here, as long as my kids aren't scared of you, like I will tell you that you need to leave. But... As soon as you are starting to, like, have them do something, like, lock, try to lock me in a basement, that's when I have an issue because we're not being respectful to each other. We're starting to cross the line. It's been, and so I finally, I was like, Levi Edward, I said, open this door right now. I said, whatever you're doing, knock it off. And I opened it, and he was just standing there, like, not really even next to the door. And I said, why would you do that? And he says, 
what do you mean? I said, why would you shut mommy in the basement? Like, I said, that's not nice. And he says, I sorry, mommy. I, I was just playing. And I was like, but why would you do that? And why did you keep saying, don't let her out, don't let her out? He says, I don't know. I said, who are you talking about, me? And he's like, I was just playing. It's nothing. So that was a time. I had to be way more stern that time um, and tell them that they needed to kick rocks. Cause, <laughs> and I'm, he's, it was the weirdest thing. I will tell you right now, kids will creep me the hell out sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I love it. But at the same time, I'm like, I know that you're way more sensitive than adults because I've seen multiple times children, like little kids, jibber-jabber to someone that you can't see. I think they're more in tune to it. And quite honestly, I feel like any type of entity, a child's not threatening. So even as a living person, you'll wave at a kid that you normally, like someone you don't know who looks at you, you'll smile at them and wave but you won't necessarily do that with an adult. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was a long story just to tell you that my kids lost well, <laughs> Rochelle, when you first started telling the story, when you start, when you were mentioning the fog. Uh, you were seeing it? Well, no, we, 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 heard a, we heard what sounded like a, a man going through the speaker. And then about two minutes later, we heard the same sound. <laughs> and then it was like a, a word. Uh, like a like a couple words or something came out. So we've we often get EVPs on the podcast when we're talking to people and when we're you know doing other stuff. So uh, we'll have to listen intently <laughs> when when uh, we play it because there's something definitely with hanging you. Out. <laughs> so, there's definitely something hanging out and it's coming through our speaker right now. So anybody's listening at home, you know, if you hear something, let us know. Go on Facebook and leave you know comments or Instagram mm-hmm. because uh, it was pretty you know because uh, <laughs> Rachel and I were both like what the hell and I, I knew something was going on because I could see you two keep looking at each other yeah. I was something weird is happening <laughs> on my end right yeah. but I'm gonna keep going with the story because I don't and then at the end of your story there I, something was crawling up my back like crazy and I was like oh here we go you know. <laughs> because there's no there's no time or distance for spirits, right? They, they travel like like that, yeah. um, and we've had experience with that as well. And I've been seeing something in the the hallway here, moving around, which happens quite a bit, especially yeah. at, especially at Rachel's house. So, <laughs> well, right. like I said, I just got back from an investigation um, that we did this week, past weekend. It was an event, and it was at Mineral Springs Mall in Alton, and it's one of our favorite locations, or it's kind of like our home base for Riverbend Paranormal. In a mall? Yeah. Huh? It, um, it's called Mineral Springs Mall or Mineral, Mineral Springs Hotel. Oh, okay. It's an antique mall. Oh, uh, It used to be a hotel <clears throat> that was known for its healing waters. Okay. Wow. So um, we were investigating there. And the first night, I told everything that needed to stay where it was at. The second night, um, I didn't. I forgot. Loading up everything, you know. And uh, 
when I got home, I was laying in bed and I kept hearing what sounded like a knock, which at first I was like, maybe my air conditioning unit is like the ductwork is kind of popping because of the temperature change, but it didn't sound like metal. It sounded like something knocking on wood. And then I, as I'm laying here, I thought, I didn't say nothing could follow me home. And my dog was acting weird. So I was like, lay down. So then I said, like, hey, if anybody's here, you need to go back. But then I fell asleep. So I wasn't really stern. It was a quiet, like, if anyone's here, please leave me alone. I'm tired. Right. I'd almost think that you, uh, you're more of an empath where you feel, you see, you, uh, and you more or less rely on your senses more than maybe uh, some ghost hunting tools. Is that true? That is true, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been told that I'm an empath and that I'm sensitive. Brian actually calls me and my sister the Shining Twins. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, if you two are together, shit always happens. He's like, you guys are creepy. Um, he also is sensitive and uh, when I'm investigating I do like to go off my senses I don't let it necessarily hold like any weight to what I think is going on I like to have concrete evidence like that I've captured something that I have an EVP or I don't like to be like well I feel this so that must be true Um, I almost talk myself out of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I almost like when I'm, when some, like occasionally things will pop up in my head. Like I'll think of something that's random and I try to talk myself out of it. Like as to why I'm thinking that I'm like, Oh, well it's probably this. This is probably why that popped up. Not that it's paranormal, but that it's subconscious and, I've seen this on TV or something, and that's why I'm thinking it. This is something here probably triggered it and made me remember this certain thing about it. Um, but Brian doesn't, he doesn't like when I do that because he's like, a lot of the times when you tell me stuff and we lean our questions towards something you may be feeling or something you may be thinking, he says, we get more responses. And it's cool, but at the same time, it's a little bit weird because I'm still trying to figure it out. I know that that sounds horrible, but as an empath, you get different types. You pick up on different emotions, and sometimes it's hard to determine whether you're feeling that way or if someone else is feeling that way, if that exactly. makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because we were investigating the original Mineral Springs, um, with Grant and Brian and I were with him. We went up into a room and I was so agitated and quite frankly pissed off at them when we went in that room. I was mad. I did not want them in there. They had not done anything to me. <laughs> Brian's my best friend. Grant is a sweetheart. Like neither one did anything to make me feel that way. We left the room and felt fine. I told them. I don't know what it is about that room, but I was pissed off at you guys and wanted to just kind of tell you to shut the F up Mm. when you were talking. And they're like, huh. So we went back in the room and I was sitting there and then slowly started getting more agitated. I was doing what you two do, which is look 
<laughs> and I kept looking down the hall. And sometimes I say stuff to people. Like I say things and I don't register that I've said it. Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense. But Brian started walking down the hall and I told him someone's in that back bedroom. And he stopped and said, what? And I, I said, nothing. He's like, you just told me someone's back here. He's like, is that why you keep looking back here? You keep seeing something? I said, I don't see anything. I just feel like we're being watched and someone's back there. Well, he sat some equipment down the hallway and I was super mad at that point. Like, why are you going places when I told you someone was like, things that I'm an investigator. Someone's back there. You go back there, right? Like you go into these people's areas. And I was like aggravated at him because he was going in that area. So I told them that I'm very, I don't want you in this room. I don't know why, but you being in here, I'm mad at you guys about it. And they're like, do you want us to leave? I said, yeah, I do. And they're like, oh, okay, well, we'll step out in the, we'll leave. We'll step out in the hall. I said, okay. And we hadn't had any of our equipment go off whatsoever. And they left and I turned in the chair and I looked down the hallway. I said, okay. I said, they're gone. I told them to get out of here. You didn't like it. I said, it's just me. What do you want to talk about? And our data logger started going off. Nice. And then another piece of equipment went off. Like they were coming back, like coming towards me down the hall. So I started asking questions and I was asking about who was here. I was asking a bunch of different names. And the third name that I asked, um, I had forgot. Like I, I knew the two people that had passed away there and I was having a hard time remembering the third. And then I remembered it. I was like, is it Conrad? And it went off like several times. I said, so this is Conrad. And it went off again. And the guys out, Brian and Grant were out in the hall and they said, Conrad? Like, we were all, like, I, none of us thought that that would be the person would be there based off of the history. Because he was like a blip in the history. I know that sounds horrible, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a key player that we had <laughs> a lot of information on. And as soon as they said that, it looked like it retreated. Like, based off the equipment. And then I couldn't get them to talk. I couldn't get the equipment to come off, go off or respond to me. And I was like, they thought you left and then realized you were just out in the hall. But come to find out, Conrad liked blondes and Mm -hmm. I was a blonde at that time. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, while I was telling that story, I felt like I got poked in the back just so you guys well, know. there were some weird noises coming through the speaker there. It, I got it. Sounded like the knocking on knocking. the wood. I yes. heard the knocking. Yeah. <laughs> so there's something going on. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's not our fault. It's your fault. Don't <laughs> be okay. I just hope my husband doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> you'll have to. You'll have to break the sage out. Yeah. So, so yeah. With they well. It happened again. I'm sorry. We'll <laughs> now, with uh, with ghost hunters, it's certainly you go on these investigations, and of course, we see the edited product. Do you have a say in the editing of what goes on or what doesn't go on? No, don't have a say <laughs> in the editing at all. No. We have a say in the investigation. We when we investigate, when we interview our our clients and the witnesses, that's all us. When we investigate, that's all us. We have a say in what equipment we use, where we're going, we want cameras, all that. Um, 
and they get all the raw footage of all of our investigations, all the runs we've done, and they get to put it together. Um, so how long we let are- know what's going on at that location? Like this is our conclusion of what we think is going on here, or what the evidence is pointing to that we've mm-hmm. gathered. And yeah. Um, how long are you usually at a location? We're there for a week. Oh. Oh wow. Okay. That's a yeah. lot of footage first, then. Holy mackerel. Yeah. Yeah, because we usually do like at least seventeen runs a night, sometimes more. There was one location that we did 22 runs in one night. Hmm. And every run that we do is like an hour long. So we have, you know, we have three teams and it's crazy because we review all of our own footage and all of our own evidence and everything. We watch the lockdown cameras, the handhelds, review all the audio Whatever you see us bring, like, so if we bring three pieces of equipment in that record things, that's three hours for one run that we have to go through. Mm-hmm. So usually we get there, like, we get to the location on Monday, we talk to the client, we interview the witnesses, gather all the information about the history and stuff, um, go over that. Then on Tuesday, we investigate, and Wednesday, we investigate. And we're investigating for like almost 12 hours. Mm-hmm. And then on Thursday, we go over all of our evidence. So Friday, we can present it to the client. And then we're off. We either leave Friday or Saturday right and early to go to the next mm-hmm. location. Well, yeah. So of all the uh, locations you've been with ghost hunters, do you have a favorite? My favorite is Perry Mansfield's Performing Arts Camp camp in Colorado Springs. Okay. Hmm. Um, that location was, first of all, it was beautiful. But second of all, like every single building we went into, we had activity within five minutes. Oh, wow. And I mean, like, knocks responding to you, to your questions, letting, like, it was crazy. And... I like that because a lot of the time, first of all, I'm, I, I'm not going to lie. I like the jump scare. I like being like, oh, shit, you know, like yep. the adrenaline pumping. I, I like that. But then I want to find out more about it. I don't want to just let that happen. And I don't want just the experience. I want to find out why it happened, if that makes sense. And that place got us every time. Like every time we went in the building. I remember that Kristen always tells me, she's like, you have the weirdest response to being startled. I said, what do you mean? She says, well, you cuss, which that's not the weird response. She's like, but you immediately laugh afterwards. And I told her, I said, I laugh because I love to watch people get scared, but I also love to watch people fall because of your facial expressions and the things you do with your body. And I said, I always laugh because I know that I pretend, like I act like I can do karate apparently when I get started. I'll scream, but like I punch and kick and like, I, like, you know, brace myself. I get like in a stance, like bracing myself. Right. What am I going to do? I'm not going to do, I can't do anything. You know? <laughs> and um, 
But that location was great because of every time we went in, we were getting stuff. It's also, I like it when you investigate and things are happening because then you know how to, like what questions are getting responses to kind of lead your investigation to be able to get more answers or get further. And it always sucks when you go to a location, you ask a bunch of questions, nothing's happening. Mm -hmm. And then you review your footage and you never know what part you want to kind of hone in on. And you don't know if it's, if anything's going on until you're gone and reviewed stuff. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I like it. I like some activity to happen while I'm there because I'm like, okay, someone's here and they want to be heard. Yeah. The camp was my favorite. Now, do you have a place that's on your bucket list that you haven't been to yet that you're dying to? I want to go to the Stanley Hotel. Apparently, I had a past life there. Oh, oh. that's in Colorado too, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It is. No. Uh, apparently, I had a past life there where I was one of the ladies that caused a fire. Oh. <laughs> I said, oh, well, that's just great because... My husband's a firefighter, so <laughs> I'm sure that I was like, so I was some dummy that caused a fire and people died at it. Oh. Um, so there's going to be yeah. spirits there so, that, that want some revenge. I was on a podcast. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I was on a podcast uh, and we were doing a remote viewing and they asked where I wanted to go and I told them that the Stanley hotel, I sometimes have dreams about it where I feel like I'm there. And they asked me how I know it's that place. I said, I don't know it's that place. I just feel like it's that place. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I'm there, even though I've never been in the building. I have no idea. And so we did the remote viewing with a medium and she's the one who told me that she's like, Oh yeah. Everyone here knows you. Oh, oh no. I was like, what? But the weird thing about it was, I mean, other than the fact that I had past life there, she was saying names of people who are very close to me that she would have no idea about and no one would know have any idea about because I don't post it. Mm-hmm. Like she mentioned someone named Flora and she's like, but they don't, they call her Flora or something shorter than Flora. And the lady who's like my mom, she's named, her name's Flora and we call her Flo, mm-hmm. which Flora is not a, nor- like, it's not a common name no. and she just pulled it out. And then she said something about Eliza and that's my niece's name. Mm-hmm. And apparently my name was Elizabeth. I was like, okay, <laughs> but she said that everyone there, they all know me there and they all want me to come visit. And I was like. So now I really want to go because I'm like, if they all know me and want me to come visit, I might get some really good activity going For sure. and maybe get some answers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm. <laughs> now the question is, do you ever watch yourself on Ghost Hunters? I watch the episodes so I can tweet with our fans. Okay. So I know what they're seeing um, so I can respond and answer their questions. But I hate it. <laughs> so much. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, why does my face do that? Why am I smiling? Do I look so unamused? Why do I breathe so heavy? 
it's really my face. Like, I'm like, what is my face doing? I don't, <laughs> I don't know why I'm making that face. I'm like, is that a face? It must be very normal for me because <laughs> I've seen it multiple times. Like, it wasn't a fluke. <laughs> multiple like, times. <laughs> I've seen it before. Do you ever think uh, there's when you're watching the show that it's like you're expecting uh, a piece to be there that was recorded and then the editors actually cut that out on the cutting room floor? Yes. Yeah? Uh-huh. There's been a few times where it's happened to all of us where like we had an amazing experience in a, one area and it hasn't made it. Or it's a piece of evidence that we really, like, were, like, pumped about. And we show the client, but then when it comes to the episode, it doesn't make it. Yeah. And it's kind of like, they do what they can. I got to give them credit because it's 43 minutes, the episode is, okay? Right. And they have a week's worth of footage that they have to cut down to 43 minutes. Like, I understand some mm-hmm. things aren't going to make it, and you kind of have to pick and choose. They do a, a great job at what they do. and But there has been times where it's like, oh, no. Yeah. I wish that would have been in there. Actually, there's one. I made a joke. Mm-hmm. And in the version they sent us to, like, like a sneak peek or whatever, to let us just see how it was looking, uh, it was in there. And I was like, ha, ha, like, mm-hmm. I... I thought I was hilarious. <laughs> and every all of us were laughing because we all watched it together and we're like, oh my God, that was so funny, blah, 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 blah. And it really wasn't that funny. It was actually very childish, okay? <laughs> and uh, it was when we were going to Madison Seminary, me and Brian are in the car and we're pulling up and Brian goes, wow, it's bigger than I thought. And I said... I bet you know what I said. Yes. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> yeah. but, but I did it with like a straight face. I was like, that's what she said. And Brian made some like noise and started giggling. And then we were laughing. Um, and it was in the version they sent, but then when it aired, they took it out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I had asked the lady, I was one of our. Um, ladies from A&E, I said, why did you take my joke out? And she was like, well, it was funny. It really was. But <laughs> I, we thought it might not be too appropriate, especially if you're like, because families are watching. I said, right. I cuss like a sailor. <laughs> He's like, well, we beep you out. I was like, that's what she said. I'm like, that was Compared to things I have said, that was like G rated. <laughs> so they do cut stuff out and it sucks, but right. I understand that not everything can make it in. Have you done any Canadian investigations with the show? No. Why not? We were... <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. They called and asked if we had passports, and I did. Come to find out, a couple people. Did not have passports, Uh-oh. so and they weren't going to get them in time. Oh. Well, that's too bad, because I, I know uh, one episode they did uh, Fort Henry. Oh in, yes, in Kingston, Ontario, and uh, I think they had some pretty good activity there. But you know, we always we always get we always get neglected up here. <laughs> yeah, you know, we have so many uh, really good haunted locations to choose from, and so mm-hmm. you'll have to talk to the producers and well, say. Mark- 
head on up. Perfect. Yes. All right. <laughs> yeah, we'll do a road trip and we'll just head on up. Yeah, as soon as, all, as, soon, as, soon as all, I have passport. As soon yeah. as all this COVID nonsense is done, we'll get you up here. Yes. Right. Yes. I don't know if they'll let me come in right now. <laughs> no. They might say, no, no. Yeah, you no. stay where you belong. <laughs> yeah. we, anything that we can expect from uh, the Ghost Hunters program coming up? or Just stay tuned, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the common answer right there. Yep. Love it. Wait, Love and it. <laughs> Wait and see. Exactly. And if the show's going well and it's going strong and you're also doing a lot of, uh, you're hosting events. Like, yes, uh, like doing a lot of like events, uh, paranormal uh, investigations with groups of people as well. Which I'm sorry. like you you're hosting event, events at haunted locations for people that want to experience that as well, right? Yes. Right. We're happy. We've got we like I said we just had an event this past weekend. We I'm doing Minnesota Econ ParaUnity um, Econ on Friday. In October, we have a Texas event at um, the Haunted Hill House in Mineral Wells, Texas. And then the following weekend, we have an event in Kansas City at the 1889 McIntyre Villa. We have events every week or every month mm -hmm. until next year. And well. I'm excited because, quite honestly, I need to get out of my house. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, you've got visitors, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I was going to be like, "Hey, where were you earlier when I was trying to teach my kid how to add numbers up to seven? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you help with that? If you're going to talk to them, teach them math. All That's right? right. That's right. Not talking fishing poles, talking math books, right? Yeah. Like, right did you happen to be a professor when you were alive? And if so. Teach my son kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a hard. Do you understand? I know this is off topic. How hard it is to teach kindergarten? Like teachers are saints to begin with, but I keep reading directions to some of these math problems, and I'm having a hard time understanding. Oh, they don't. They don't teach it the way we learned it. That's for sure. Yeah. No way. <laughs> so my my oldest son, he's in fifth grade, and he's like, "Mom, I forgot how to divide," or whatever. I said, well, I don't know how you divide now, but I can show you long division. I was mm. like, I don't know what they do now. And then Google we it. also, he was multiplying triple digit numbers and he had a question about something. I said, okay, well, we're going to multiply it the way mom multiplies it. And if they don't like it, then they should take you back. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I don't under, I don't understand why we're drawing, we're drawing to answer math problems now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they were drawing cubes, and that's the answer to a question. I'm like, what happened to actually writing a number? Like, why are <laughs> yeah. we drawing pictures? Right. <laughs> Some genius came up with that. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you uh, joining us on our program, and uh, maybe we can have you back sometime to talk more. I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. I had a good time. Thank you so much. Phantom Faction Podcast a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com.